0: Welcome to the LifeWorks Lives We Love podcast, an inspiring conversation with members of the LifeWorks community. We'll hear from a variety of fearless advocates for youth pursuing lives they love. Now, here's your host, LifeWorks CEO, Susan McDowell.
1: Welcome to Lives We Love, the podcast about the people of LifeWorks. This is a fun discussion today, and if I had to give it a title, I think I would call it then there were three, <laughs> because <laughs> who I have at the, uh, at the table today are LaShawn Arbuckle, who's the Division Director for Counseling Services at LifeWorks, and Wendy Vernell, the Chief Strategy Officer of LifeWorks. And the three of us are the remaining original employees of LifeWorks. So again, this is our twenty fifth anniversary as an organization, and then there were three.
0: <laughs> I think I one get.
1: of the things we've done really well as an organization is we do keep employees for a long time, mm-hmm. and where I think we get really excited about new people and new ideas and new directions and uh, new backgrounds and all of those things. So you know our history with the organization is really toggling between those two the you know, the historical expertise and experience and commitment and the, uh, and the new ideas. So this is gonna be a fun mm-hmm. conversation. And then there were three. I actually shared that this morning with my husband. He said, there are only three of y'all left. And I'm like, it's a quarter century. <laughs> it's a quarter century. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's amazing that there, mm-hmm. are, that there are three of us who have, uh, who have served this long. Yes. So I'm gonna start though with a question that I ask everybody, and LaShawn, will start with mm-hmm. you. What are you doing in your life right now that brings you joy or love?
0: That's a great question. I know one thing that I'm doing right now that brings me joy and love was unexpected and that is supporting people who are having a mental health challenge or a health challenge um, and, and supporting them through that in a way that I haven't before. Uh, in a more personal way than a professional way that blends my personal and professional together. I um, have a habit of really compartmentalizing, and this is helping me to break down those walls. And so that has given me absolutely more joy than I would have ever imagined. I did not know that about yes, absolutely. experience right now. Another thing that has brought me a lot of joy is working more in the community, on community committees and all that, and connecting those dots mm-hmm. and really seeing how we as individuals and as organizations can really leverage our interdependence on systems and with systems to really influence those systems.
1: Again, breaking down the boundaries, Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. pushing.
1: so. If you don't mind, I want to. I want to return to that later because, okay. in addition to working together mm-hmm. for 25 plus years, we're all about the same age. We have kids mm-hmm. the same age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we developed our careers at the same uh, at the same kind of cadence. And this idea of compartmentalizing yes. and keeping the boundaries was something that you know, yeah. honestly, we were kind of raised as yeah. professionally. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting when we talk about leadership later for us mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to reflect on that. Absolutely, I love Wendy. That. What are you doing that brings you joy?
2: I, well, I'm doing a lot of things that bring me joy, but it's interesting you talked about that specifically because when I thought about this question, I thought about connection. Mm -hmm. To me, the last few years, a lot of our friends and family have felt disconnected and Mm -hmm. isolated, Mm -hmm. and I've been one of those people, Um, and so I have been very purposeful about trying to spend more time with friends, trying to be outside more, trying to really just engage in authentic discussions and just talking about what we've been through. Yeah. Um, and so this summer I have a couple trips planned, I get to go overseas for the first time in many years and get to see some friends I haven't seen since I was about 21. Wow. And so, yeah, I just, I'm just i just so excited. So just, again, I, I think the theme for me is just how do we come through the last few years mm-hmm. and um, Find this thing that's been missing yeah. and
1: the connection is, is what I really get joy out of you know I've cool. noticed that with you sometimes when we talk towards the end of the day the sign off is I'm going on a walk mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yes yeah, or beautiful. I'm going on a walk with you know so-and- so yeah it it's a huge thing every weekend now that's a goal
2: to connect with someone be outside and just sort of sort of center myself
0: oh, yeah that's beautiful
1: that is yeah. that's nice All right well let's let's rewind. 25 years and talk I want each of you to talk a little bit about kind of your journey into into LifeWorks What was what was that pathway? What was that journey with Sean
0: Yeah, my journey started as an intern I was in the master's program at UT School of Social Work and uh, Was uh, in, uh, invited to an interview with the awesome Jack Nowicki, and uh, I was uh, hired as an intern and uh, I wasn't sure that I wanted to stay on, um, was offered a job right after graduation and was getting married at the same time and all that, and so my my uh, wedding anniversary and my LifeWorks anniversary sure is the same month, <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and so I, I took the job, I accepted the job, and um, I immediately started uh, supervising interns. I supervised our first bachelor's in the counseling division Mm -hmm. because there was a need, right? Uh, But uh, worked in the program for about nine years before I officially became a manager. I did do some team lead Mm -hmm. tasks where I supervised some of the part-time staff, but uh, was counseling for nine years. Loved it, right? And then I saw an opportunity to move into management. And that was a struggle for me because I wanted to stay connected to the clients. And for me, you know, not really knowing about management, thinking, how could I fill my day with paper pushing and meetings (laughs) and all that and not with clients. And so that was a struggle. And I am so glad that I went for it. And Mm -hmm. of course, when I first became a manager, I did keep a small caseload for a little bit. Right. And then it just came too hard to, to toggle between. Uh, So I became the PSC uh, Program Services Coordinator of Youth and Adult Counseling. Um, And my uh, co-PSC was Rob Thurlow, Mm -hmm. and eventually the intern coordinator. I've always been connected to interns and saw an opportunity to not just improve our intern um, support, but also make it a program. So Mm -hmm. it became somewhat of a program within the counseling division. Um, and then i became the associate division director and eventually and the division, the division director. director yeah so that brings me to now and then you know for the longest
1: time our service division directors didn't mm-hmm. serve on the executive team mm-hmm. so that was then another shift a couple of years ago right. too yeah, was, for sure you know as deciding as an organization boy this really just needs to be at the executive Level to inform yeah. decision and process and strategy and, and all of that.
0: And being on both sides of, of that, being a division director when they weren't on an executive team and then one while we were. I really feel like that programs and clients' voices are more at the mm-hmm. table than they were. They've always yeah. been at the table, but in an expanded. This is way. different. Yeah, yeah this is, is different. different. Mm-hmm. It's uh,
1: there are different conversations. Yeah. There is a different presence of mission at the table mm-hmm. than uh, than a few years ago, for sure. Absolutely. And you and you know Andrew and Esperanza and Chrissy and Courtney have been been responsible for that. So. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love following Lashawn
2: because our roots started the same. We both started out as interns. Mm -hmm. We still share a passion for interns um, and also at the UT School of Social Work. Mm -hmm. So started out as an intern. Um, and then my first job was a little bit of management and a lot of direct service and over time, you know that that shifts. But the, the funniest part is that I was in my early 20s and I was teaching life skills classes to youth who were aging out of foster care. Mm-hmm. And I realized very quickly that they knew more than I did <laughs> and I thought, what am I doing here, right? Yeah. And it was very humbling and it was it was a great experience to just sit with these youth in this critical time mm-hmm. um, and be able to just partner with them and hopefully teach them a few things things. Um, So I did that for a while. What I really wanted to do was to be a counselor Mm. full-time and work largely with youth in foster care Mm -hmm. and youth aging out. Um, But the trajectory just kind of evolved and I did more and more management over time. I did get to do some direct service. I got to um, be our chief program officer for 10 years which I loved and that kept me very connected Mm -hmm. um, to what we do. The funny thing I think about Susan is Um, that every promotional opportunity I got was you saying, look at this opportunity, you can do this. And I'm like, really? I kind of feel like I have a handle on what I'm doing right now. And you're like, I know, and, and, and. So every time, and I love that. I love that I was encouraged and supported in taking Mm -hmm. on and doing more and Mm -hmm. seeing that I could do more, Mm because I don't know that I saw it, Mm -hmm. and I'm very comfortable. Being a specialist in something, and I over the years I got to be a generalist, and I've really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten to sit in different seats. So now, as our chief strategy officer, it's just turned out to be such a great role at this point in my life mm-hmm. and my career. Um, you all know we brought research in house 10 mm-hmm. years ago, which was incredible, and that intersection of the, the passion for the programs and our impact with really being very thoughtful about what we're learning and what we need to know about our data, what stories are telling us. Um, and then I get to incubate new initiatives like our Youth Voice Initiative, Impactful Voices. Um, and then of course now I get to support our grants team and technology team. And it's that intersection of all mm-hmm. the things that um, I just, I'm just i just getting so much enjoyment out of, as well as just helping partner with our board and our staff and our community on where should we be heading? How do mm-hmm. we best continue to support our community as our community evolves? And I love being able to, to do that.
1: Great. Wonderful. So, so many parallels here, yeah. right? right? Including LaShawn, and I actually, I'm realizing I don't know the extent to which you Pursued promotion versus (laughs) us saying, hey, (laughs) LaShawn, how about becoming associate division director or Mm -hmm. division director, or Mm -hmm. I know I actively asked you to serve on the Mm -hmm. executive team. But that's uh, that's a, that's another <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Parallel. another yeah. Intersection. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of both. A little <laughs> bit of both. <laughs> right. so, well, certainly both of you had to have the appetite to mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the uh, the vision and the leadership to to do it. You know, if we you know encouraged along right. the way, hey, here's yeah. this opportunity. So the you know the other the other piece. So you know, there's the shared passion for the internship. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm not sure the community is aware with the just the number of people who. Mm-hmm you know come through through our door and our organization Mm -hmm. who you know we are introducing them to the profession we are providing Mm. the training the opportunity obviously they give a lot back in terms of their service and their work but I am I'm I'm just I'm sitting here wondering how many uh, how many people's careers you all have launched in Mm. this field over the years just through participation in the uh, the internship program and also the two of you are probably our most senior leaders and supervisors in the organization. Mm-hmm. How many people we have, uh, you know, supervised and employed over the years that are now doing incredible things inside the field, outside of the field. I mean, I'm, I keep wanting to start an alumni network of people who have just been part of our mm-hmm. part of our staff community. Mm-hmm. But between the two of you, I, I mean, I'm guessing it is hundreds of people. Probably. Yeah,
0: probably of so, years. yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, of course I was aware of how many interns I was supervising and, mm-hmm. you know, and some of those interns became staff members and eventually supervised interns as well, but my awareness of the impact, uh, not just to the individual intern but their work later on, um, my awareness actually came from interns sharing it with me, yeah. calling me back, you yeah. know, years later and, you know, always asking, so how did you do clinical? you know, how did you get this feeling there, how did you work toward that environment and just talking about how they could create that themselves in their workplaces. But also um, I shared with Wendy one time that we had an intern who called me um, and had been years since she had been an intern here to tell me she was now raising her own children and she was utilizing... Uh, things that I had taught her in her internship to raise her children. Mm-hmm. I know, right, you, you know. Do not make me just, cry. Just Do not, <laughs> nope, not you know, And it was just, it was just profound for me, you yeah. know, to think of that and then have an intern and an old um uh, Supervisee, Sandra Rivera, yeah. uh, send me a picture. They had met somewhere. They didn't know each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they sent me a picture of them together and I was so confused at, how are you two together? How did this happen? And, right? Yeah, and just making that connection and talking about you know their time uh, working with me and, and all that. And we had an intern who worked at Safe mm-hmm. who uh, was, I think she was a clinical director mm-hmm. over there for a while and calling me and telling me about the things she was doing and what she had Gotten from her experience at LifeWorks and how that was still impacting her work, so that's the best. Yeah, the reach backs are the, the reach best. And it's are made the best. me more
1: mindful yeah. of reaching mm-hmm. back to people. Absolutely. Too. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, letting letting folks know, hey, yeah, here's you know where I am, what I'm doing. And yeah,
0: thank so you. So we are. We're contributing to the professional development of not just our local community, but it stretches beyond. You know that. So I feel like we're changing the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like the way interns also push us. That's yes. the most enjoyable, oh, yeah. is they
2: will ask the hardest questions. Oh, yeah. They'll be, and then you'll have to really think about why something exists a
0: certain Absolutely. way. Absolutely. They so bring those, that, that fresh vision mm-hmm. and sight, and they are exploratory, and they're <laughs> questioning, and they're pushing, and mm-hmm. we're learning from right, that. Right. We're learning a lot. I love
1: it. Yeah. I love it. So 25 years of life works. Can you all? Can you all think of a moment, a series of moments, or a circumstance where you're like, it just really kind of crystallized for you. This is where I'm meant to be, and this can be this can be a long-term commitment.
0: No, I can't. I <laughs> couldn't either. I can't. Oh,
1: I love that you. There's had this not thing. just there is one not moment. One. Right. There's
0: not just one moment. I have to say that I revisit it all the time. That mm. through prayer and thoughtfulness, I always ask is this where I'm supposed to be right now? Mm -hmm. And so far the answer has been yes, right? right. Uh, But I really give that thought uh, because I do have a choice and I do have the options, right? And I do need to make sure that this is where I need to be. And I'm still learning, I'm still growing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm still making a positive contribution. I'm still connecting the dots, right? And Mm -hmm. I'm still having an impact on what I consider our community, right? Mm -hmm. And so as long as those things happen, yeah, I can commit to it.
1: Well, and there's mm-hmm. also an alignment with values, right? Oh, absolutely. Because I was recalling earlier this morning. You know, when we when we marched, I can't remember how many staff members we had, but we had a budget of around five million dollars, and mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're twenty-eight million dollars. Yeah, in, so we're, mm-hmm. we've grown a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot can happen to you in that time. And mm-hmm. I'm not gonna tell us, you know, easy, glorious story of our growth. There have been mm-hmm. hard times, there's been transition, mm-hmm. there's Absolutely. been times where we've looked in the mirror and said, hey, things need to, to mm-hmm. look a little yeah. different. But as long as, you know, I and both of you have heard me heard me say this, you know, we just always need to be on the right journey. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is the destination. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be perfect. We don't want right. to be perfect. Right. Like we're we're saying now, you know, we're perfectly imperfect, right? We're just mm-hmm. always on that journey. But it has to be the right journey. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's part of it for me. Mm-hmm. Are we are we on the right journey? Mm-hmm. You know? Are we trying to live up to, to our values? And when we're mm-hmm. you know, feeling apart from that would be a, would be a time to it's time to go kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I think we're clearer yeah. than any other time on what our core values are. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah.
2: I love that you said not a single moment (laughs) because I had like 20 and I'm like, wait. (laughs) So completely agree. And what I would piggyback on it is that it gets reinforced with those little moments Mm -hmm. that we have. Mm -hmm. So some youth over the years have learned when I get to work so catching me when I get out of mm-hmm. my car, mm-hmm. walking me into the building, mm-hmm. sitting on the bench, having those conversations. And then the big moments like our GED graduation. So there are these little moments and these big moments, and these accomplishments our staff have when they're doing the work. Mm-hmm. It's just, it all contributes, and I think it all is about the people. Yes. And it's all about the relationship. So it's the impact, but it's also, the, again, this authenticity mm-hmm. that, that we've created that to me contributes a, to be in a meaningful workplace and experience for me. And again, Mm -hmm. I'll never look away from the little moments,
1: just Mm -hmm. taking that time Mm -hmm. to sit with our youth and with our staff and with each other. Those add up. Recently, this was years ago, um, our long-term housing director, Steve Busey, told me, you know, what keeps keeps me alive in this organization is going to street outreach Mm -hmm. outreach every week, Mm -hmm. Interacting with a particular client to talk about what he found in the dumpster that week because that it was always interesting mm-hmm. hmm It's always amusing it was sometimes alarming but <laughs> this was his like mm-hmm. just real touch base Every week he yep. goes and you've got to have an active interest in what this guy mm-hmm. finds in the dumpster mm-hmm. every week And I thought yeah, that's that's just a great regular moment mm-hmm. or you know, you could open up You know a new housing development and Think of all, you know, it's like, okay, this is huge for the organization and the community, Mm -hmm. or it can just be that that really small moment of connection that Mm -hmm. is like, this is it. It's
2: both, that's what's so fun. And we have both fairly consistently.
1: And the people, all the people, right? Just the the clients, the, uh, you know, 100 plus board members Mm -hmm. who, you know, along the way are you know contributing so much it is the staff members who have Mm -hmm. rotated in and out and we've gotten to Mm -hmm. be a part of their lives and their journeys Mm -hmm. so
2: yeah it's It's all
1: of it it's all of it it is all Mm -hmm. of it so let's reflect a little more on 25 years ago Mm -hmm. well 25 years Mm -hmm. your perspective as leaders in the organization as clinicians what Mm -hmm. has what has changed for our youth and our young adults, what are we seeing now that we didn't see 25 years ago in terms of opportunities they might have, but, but real challenges they're facing? And I know we've, we talk a lot about this, particularly in reference to the last three years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think COVID has been a major shift in a lot of lives. You know, uh, there was more isolation. The increased acuity in depression mm-hmm. and anxiety and you just are not as connected to other people as they used to be. So that engagement, that face-to-face engagement is just not there and it's a struggle and it's a challenge. Uh, a lot of them don't have uh, those supports, those community supports or private you know, supports anymore. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really a struggle right now and we're seeing it. We're definitely seeing it in the counseling division. I love Dr. Uh, Murthy, our Surgeon General, his um, latest report on loneliness Mm -hmm. um, because it's so real and it's so impactful and it impacts your health and your mental health. And we're also in a midst of a mental health provider crisis, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. a health provider crisis. Um, And so how do we meet that need with fewer providers, fewer providers who want to serve uh, clients in person? Uh, And when it's necessary.
1: Right.
0: I also just this morning was in a training uh, where uh, the facilitator was uh, showing data on how uh, young people, I think grades five through eight, showed a huge decline in -hmm. substance use, right? But that uh, the young adults, Mm. transition age youth, did not during COVID. Yeah. Right. So more drug use and less support, more isolation, higher depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. is the biggest struggle that I've seen in my years here. Mm -hmm. Agreed.
2: And it really illustrates the disconnect from community because Mm -hmm. when I talk to my Mm -hmm. friends, my neighbors, my family, Mm -hmm. what helped people navigate it mm-hmm. was having community yes and for our youth that that have sometimes been disjointed from community it was just more magnified
0: absolutely so being
2: back on site now getting to see the youth rebuild mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. rebuild connection with us to me mm-hmm. that's really inspiring but I don't think we've ever seen anything like what we've right. seen in the last
0: three right. years and it has to direct our work we and we have to pivot quickly right and we have to mm-hmm. help make those connections to activities where they can socialize yes. right yes. and not just be dependent upon life works but mm-hmm. you know their community supports and you know other friends and activities and work and in mm-hmm. school all, all those things yeah yeah right. and that
1: there's just there's been so much individual and collective trauma. So, you know, we talked about the the challenges Mm -hmm. of the workforce Mm -hmm. in very challenging jobs where they're exposed to to a lot of trauma. And our role in supporting our employees has Mm -hmm. evolved as Mm -hmm. well. For
0: for sure, for sure, sure. Um, And we've talked about it before, but this is one of the uh, times in our history where the providers have gone through the exact same trauma as uh, the people Mm -hmm. we're trying to help. So, yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm, I'm interested in that, mm-hmm. right? Can both of you say a little bit about maybe how we're how we're trying to lead differently than, yeah. uh, than we have in the past?
2: One of my favorite things that we've introduced, so I think internal to the organization, where we are more aware of that impact mm-hmm. for our providers, mm-hmm. our staff. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things that we introduced, and I wasn't sure about it at first, were these recharge days that we do every quarter.
1: <laughs> and the reason
2: why they've been so amazing is because all of us honor what that symbolizes. Right. It's every quarter, we get a day, we don't schedule it on days where your kids are already gonna be out of school mm-hmm. and all those other things, and the message is, this is your day for you. Self-care. How often do we get that message and to ourselves? How mm-hmm. often do we give that mm-hmm. to each other and to ourselves? Mm-hmm. And the first one I was like, I'm not sure about this. But then it's like, well, what are you doing for recharge day? And I wasn't about to say I'm gonna go to the grocery <laughs> store and catch up on all my errands. <laughs> I, I was very purposeful about mm-hmm. saying, well, what could I do mm-hmm that refuels me during this day that I've been given. So it's a very small thing, but it's actually a symbol of something much bigger that we've talked about a lot. how do we create a culture where we support
0: our staff in their wellness and each other and when they come back, there are not 200 emails waiting on them. Yeah, yeah, That's everyone the was best off part at the same is time. none of us are about to send an
2: yeah. email on recharge no day. Way. Right. That no way. So bad. I'm not looking at it, and I'm
1: not, I'm not punishing anybody by <laughs> That's <laughs> going to get a lot of team's commentary if you put something out on, uh, on recharge day, right? Yeah, I think by the second one, uh, you know, I, w- I was so so jazzed by it. I, I actually asked somebody who doesn't even work for library. It's like, what are you doing this Friday? And they're mm-hmm. like, I'm working <laughs> because I don't work at LifeWorks. You know, I'm like, oh, it's not a national holiday. It's just, right. I'm treating it like it's one of the, right. and that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's finding, finding things like that. And so this is uh, uh, to return to earlier in the conversation. So, again, we, we entered the workforce mm-hmm. about the same time. Mm-hmm. We got into this field about the same time. We were raising our kids mm-hmm. at about the same time. And the name of the game then... Was compartmentalization, and mm-hmm. I would say the three of us, in different oh, ways, sure. are, are masters mm-hmm. at the, uh, mm-hmm. the compartmentalization. LaShawn, you've already you've already talked a little bit about how you're kind of questioning uh, that. Wendy, can what are what's different in the way you kind of mm-hmm. lead and coach people, particularly younger in the profession now? Is there they're coming up? Well, where I what I have been so struck by in terms of com-
2: moving away from compartmentalizing is this initiative to meaningfully engage who we're serving mm-hmm. as authentic partners mm-hmm. in decision making so, and and all of it and so we've we started impactful voices which is our youth voice initiative that pays our youth to sit with us and give input help us improve they identify areas we identify areas okay. and we're true partners yeah. where our traditional training that didn't exist mm-hmm. and and it's not to say one of our therapists would have a staff working for them. We are we are still very mindful of key boundaries, right. but we realize that there's tremendous value in looking at how we've compartmentalized mm-hmm. and the way maybe that's been a disservice. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there wasn't full mm-hmm. learning and exchange there, and it helps us make better decisions. It helps us inspire. It inspires me to do do the work a little differently, but it definitely goes against my traditional training. Absolutely. And then we have peer
0: support. Right, right? I love that, We have yes. peer support, and peers really make us think differently. Mm-hmm. Right? So could
1: you talk a little bit about what, what peer, support yes, peer
0: support is? Yes, peer support is folks who have lived experience with mental health or substance use challenges and on the road to recovery, mm-hmm. right? They use that lived experience to, to help someone else on their journey, they meet them on their journey wherever they are and it's not to direct them or tell them what to do it's to walk alongside them on their journey while they're seeking the path that they want right and so one thing with peers is they li- they actually talk about their lived experience mm-hmm. and those challenges and how they got over those challenges right and and, and how they impact their lives now even with uh, the way Mm -hmm. we were trained, Mm -mm. (laughs) you (laughs) You didn't talk about your Uh -uh. life at all. And if you were questioned about it, Mm -hmm. you needed to know the reason that they wanted Mm -hmm. to know that before Mm -hmm. you disclosed anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think we are learning that our lived because we still have the experience whether you're sharing it or not. Right. right? So we're learning that uh, that's a blurrier line than what we thought before, you know, and then it can be more helpful to share some of those experiences and to bring that lived experience to work, even if you're not sharing it with someone, to, but to bring your full self, your authentic self, which includes those mental health and health challenges, right, mm-hmm. that substance use challenge. Bring that to your experience. Don't just hide from it, but bring it and, and, and use it. So.
1: That can be challenging, though.
0: It can be, right? It can be. It's not mm-hmm. easy, and uh, there's a
2: level of vulnerability with it. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's something very different, and I I think it would have been much harder for me earlier in my career mm-hmm. to understand that and mm-hmm. manage that, but now it it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It feels different.
0: Well, and it's not just us anymore. It's not the provider deciding yes. what the services look like, what we're gonna provide, and all that. Mm-hmm. It is really. The community and the clients, the participants coming in, stepping in, and saying what they want, mm-hmm. what they need, the so life it's a they love. Power shift. Yes, it's a it power is. Power
2: shift. Mm-hmm. The thing that that I was thinking about with this is that I remember early on, used to, I felt like I had to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Now I realize is that I have to have some questions, yeah. and the skill mm-hmm. is less. You know navigating all the things that I have to understand, Mm -hmm. and now the skill is deeply listening. Yes. And that is different. We were trained how to listen, but it's different. You're listening listening. in a different, yeah, it's deep listening. And that's a real shift. And it's, I think, again, that's a good shift, but it wasn't one that I was familiar with.
0: And you can make that shift when you truly believe that the client is the expert in their own lives, Mm -hmm. and that they have within them the capacity to meet their challenges, right? And, we can we can offer tools and support mm-hmm. and all that, but they are the experts mm-hmm. and they get to decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's powerful.
1: Quick question. What do you see the future of the organization in 25 years? Uh, we know where we've this been. This is the
2: hardest question. We know where we've I been. I know, I know. Do you what, did you, what do you think?
0: Uh, well, I think that if we get it right, we'll be less needed in the future, oh. right? And for Glorious. those needs that still exist, it will be the community telling us what they need mm-hmm. and how they need our help. Mm-hmm. It won't be us. Mm-hmm. We'll play a supporting role, but we won't be the, the lead anymore.
1: We won't be defining mm-hmm. the need. We
0: won't be defining we the need. L- doing ex- the deep
1: listening. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. absolutely, yeah. I think disparities will be uh, more addressed mm-hmm. than they are today, mm-hmm. both within the larger systems and within our own work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's what I see. I'm very hopeful.
1: I love
2: that. You, you definitely pulled some things I did. Yeah, my initial thought was it would be nice not to have to be here, yeah. right? But to get to be here mm-hmm. in partnership with our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that you um, talked about systems because I think about whatever we can do to support these families mm-hmm. early on in their journeys so that they don't end up having, t- our youth don't end up having to be disconnected from families and end up experiencing homelessness. If we could change that, yeah. that would be incredible. And again, partnering with communities to help define their own solutions. Sure. And, but we still show up in the ways that we show up now. We still, still show up authentically, mm-hmm. we still show up eager to learn, eager to, to listen deeply. So those things don't change. Like I don't want our DNA to change if we are still here. I think those things are valuable mm-hmm. and unique and powerful. And again, if we are still here, assuming that there is a need, that we do it in this way that we're learning now and to do it through these deep partnerships. So
1: the fearlessness is still there, but it's a oh, fearlessness yeah. around engagement. It is, it's engagement. said you said, the deep, mm-hmm. I love the deep listening mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. how who we need to be for the community. I love that. Okay, final question, our standard final question. Thinking about our shared work and Mm -hmm. y'all's particular roles, what, uh, let's talk about legacy. Mm. What's the legacy that you want to leave or be part of leaving for the organization?
0: Go ahead. Wow, that's That's huge for me, right? And I think that sometimes you don't get to choose your legacy, right? Mm-hmm. It just right. It, it just <laughs> right. You can work for something, you know, but you have no real idea of what your legacy would be. But I just hope m- mine is simple. That um, that the work that I've done and um, is impactful. That I've uh, been able to shine my God-given light, use my talents to impact mm-hmm. lives in a positive way, and you know, that the colleagues and clients and participants and interns that I've worked with are better uh, mm-hmm. for meeting me on their journey. You know, that's simple. It's simple,
2: simple but part. profound. Yeah. <laughs> I had a very similar thought and that was what what kind of impact mm-hmm. and learning mm-hmm. um, and that deep listening is where I go to. So I think this very purposeful way we are engaging in partnership mm-hmm. with our, the people we're here to serve. Yeah. I would love my legacy to be that I allowed that to exist and I supported it organically mm-hmm. instead of um, using my traditional tools which is maybe over-managing or over-structuring mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I want to let it breathe, I want to let it be what it's supposed to be, and I want to learn from it and um, listen to it and create that safety for all of us. There's vulnerability, mm. but create that space where it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay for us to hear tough things. It's okay for us to, to be challenged and to, and to sit to in spaces. To be wrong. To be wrong. That's mm-hmm. what I want to mm-hmm. do. And that, that's been an evolution because, again, early on, I felt like I had to have all the answers, <laughs> right? And I want to not feel that way. I want to feel like the answers are there, and mm. we just have to listen.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks to both of you. So it has been 25 years together. It has just been an honor to serve and learn with both of you.
0: Thank so you. thank you. You It's been a privilege. Thank you. Thank
1: you for and thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom and experience. And listeners, thank you for tuning in today to hear just you know two other aspects of the life works journey and the, uh, the ecosystem of amazing people that we have in this organization. So thank you. and We'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Lives We Love podcast. For more information about LifeWorks and how you can help, please visit lifeworksaustin.org.